Did y'all like yesterday's broadcast? Yes. It was good. It was very good. Did y'all like yesterday's broadcast? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get something out of it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we were talking about uh, correction and don't be stupid. Yeah. And uh, now I got that song in my head again. And uh, But here's, here's the thing on that was we basically, the verse that you read yesterday said, uh, don't be stupid if yeah. by... Rejecting correction, especially from yeah. uh, godly people or godly words. Mm -hmm. And um, what was that, Proverbs 12, Proverbs 12 1. verse yeah. 1? Read that one more time, if you would. Yeah. Amen. Hannah says, it was great. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, Proverbs 12, 1. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. <laughs> he who hates reproof. Somebody put that in the comments, please. Proverbs 12, 1. He who hates reproof is stupid. Stupid. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that was in the Bible, like that, <laughs> in that way. <laughs> well, isn't it, isn't it interesting that a lot of times, um, you know, we, we kind of have this idea of Jesus and God being like, so like, you know, you didn't do really well that time, but it's okay. It's okay. But that's not really the way he does in that way. And so we have this expectation that everybody around us needs to do the same same thing. Like when we mess up, when we mess up, we want people to be like, it's okay. But when somebody else around us messes up, yeah. we're like, you stupid. See, and that it goes to that. That's true. But yeah, I think that's probably not right. Yeah. What do you think? Maybe yeah. out of balance a little bit? Maybe just a little bit. <laughs> I was reading in a Kenneth Hagin book this morning um, where he was like, begging God not to have to do something God showed him to do. He's like begging and he's crying and he's yeah. like having, and God, and God said to him like, stop it, get up. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. stop it, stop begging, just get up, stop. Stop doing that. And then stop. you have Jesus like in the boat. I mean, they're, they're legitimately in, without Jesus there, yeah. a life and death situation. And then he's like, why is your faith so small? <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. It feels like there's no mercy. The issue is, that our flesh wants to really be pampered yeah. and catered to. Yeah. Our flesh yeah. wants to be treated like we think our intentions of the heart is, which is going to come into play today. Uh, that's good, Greg. Greg says, I don't want to be stupid. <laughs> good play. Good choice. Yes. And, um, man, it's warm in here. Again. I know. It is. What is the deal with this? I don't know. I've been that's warm all day. Question. So... They, uh, one of the things I was trying to turn temperature down because it was warm yesterday too. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we're talking about today is how to not hinder our growth and how to not get in the way of growth. And so one of the things that we see is that God very much wants us to grow. Mm -hmm. He wants, he wants our life to change. He wants yeah. it to get better. But the, the issue that kind of gets in the way sometimes is that we will get in the way of God. We'll get in the way of God helping us go to another level, helping us get to a good place in our life. And we have this idea, and this comes from really bad teaching. And actually, I've seen a lot of pastors in the pulpit go this direction, that God's like this big, mean God. He's mad at everybody. And he, you know, he's just waiting for you to mess up so he can, like, take a ruler from heaven and smack you, you know, yeah. or, or zap you with a lightning bolt, yeah. like, and just fry. If that was the case, we'd all be fried, yeah. you know. <laughs> Honestly, we would all be fried right now because yeah. we've all messed up in that way. Uh, but that's not the case at all. That's actually 
uh, the opposite, the exact opposite of that case. And I love, y'all know that I love the scriptures in uh, Luke where the angels show up and they announce that Jesus is there. And one of the things he says, he says, I have great news for all the people. And then he says, with all the people, and he says this, with whom God is pleased. Yeah. Yeah. And so somehow in God's love and mercy, he made room uh, to be pleased with us, even though he's holy and we were anything but holy, um, he actually wants good stuff for us. And he's not, uh, we talked, what was it, last week where, where the Lord had spoke that one thing to me about, um, he said, I'm looking to get my mercy and my grace to people in any way. The, the exact words was, I'm looking for any spiritual legal loophole to get my yeah. mercy to people. Yeah. And when we see that, when we actually get a revelation of that, our whole perspective of God changes. Our perspective of correction will change because now we don't see correction as you're so bad. You see correction as he's actually helping to give a hand up. Um, Imagine like in a corporate job where you had somebody that, you know, you're working for somebody, you do these reports wrong. And they come in and say, hey, you actually missed this, missed this. And they sit down with you. They help you walk through that and fix what it is. What are they helping you do? They're helping you be promoted in the company. It's not a you're so bad. It's a let me help you. Let me give you a hand and let's go to the next level. And that's what God does with us all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's so key what we've been talking about recently of knowing our righteousness. Because if we don't know our righteousness, we're going to completely block the whole... um, the whole ability to be corrected because then we'll think if I get corrected, I'm going to, uh, there's, you know, I'm bad and there's something wrong with me. Yeah, that, yeah. that, um, revelation of righteousness really changes yes. the whole process of correction because it's, um, I know I used to fight correction a lot because for that very reason of, I don't want to be bad. I don't, I don't want to feel bad. Yeah. I don't want people to see me as bad and I don't want that to be at my core. Yeah. And really it's just a refining process, but it's, it, it doesn't change our value at all. Our value no. is set. Yeah. I saw a great video the other day and, and I'll show it to you because I thought this was tremendous. This is tremendous and understanding this is big. Okay. So here's a hundred bucks. All right. Now who, who out there, he's <laughs> <laughs> like me, who uh, who would like to have that $100, right? And, and pretty much anybody with any sense is going to say, I want that $100. Yeah. And uh, so then we'll say, then we'll say, okay, who wants this $100? Anybody? I would like it. Who, who in the comments would like this $100? Say, I would like that $100. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, let me show you this. I'm seeing hands go up. Amen. All of a sudden, people are active in the comments. <laughs> wow, that's one way to do it. <laughs> wow. How about now, now, that? Now we know who really is. Now we, yeah, we know who's paying attention We're getting, now. People are putting it in so fast, there are some typos. Like. I know. All right. This is great. I, I need to do that. And Johnny says, well played, Pastor. <laughs> All right. So watch it. Jose said, I'll take 100 of those. All right. Um, or I'll take 10 of those. Is that what he said? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll take 10 of those. All right. So here's 100 bucks. Now watch this. Okay, ready? I don't like that. I don't like that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> 
who wants who who wants that that hundred dollars right there? I'll still, I'll I'll still take it. it. Yeah, Greg said, "Here's your accurate watch count." Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, who, who wants that crumbled up hundred dollars? I'll still take it. You, you I'm still, not sure if this who still is, wants yeah. it. Like yeah. you know, put fire in the comments or something. I still want it. Put mm -hmm. put. I still want it. You you would take it even though it's crumbled up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would still take that, but it's crumbled up. It's got problems. It's got problems. All right, all right. Here, if the I, I think the camera. Let's let's see where I can put it here. Right there. See that? See that on the floor there? Oop! I gotta do it back. Uh, now it's under my feet, all crumbled up. Who's who still wants that hundred dollars? Who still wants that stepped on hundred dollars? You would still take it. You would still take it. Aha! Who wants this hundred dollars that's got problems? Why the issue is, regardless of what it's gone through, it hasn't lost its value. Yeah. Good. And so the devil tries to tell us that because we've gone through stuff, and we're this is not God's. This is not God's thinking. God's thinking is He still sees you as valuable, even though you may have some stuff to work out. Now that doesn't mean we we just need to stay crumbled up. It doesn't mean there. And it, what it means is, Serena, uh, Abigail goes, ooh, got me there. <laughs> Hannah, Hannah put in the comments, in all caps, am I the $100 bill? <laughs> there you go. And Serena goes, wow, that's so good. I know, I saw it the other day. So what was interesting, I was, I was legitimately <laughs> thinking exactly on, just because we have stuff we're working on, it doesn't devalue us. I was thinking on that, and I was doing some research on, uh, Instagram looking at some different things and I ran across that video and I went oh, that's perfect that's perfect and the issue is even though it's crumpled up it's wrinkled and everything it still is worth a hundred dollars it still has its value yeah and so um, you know this is be it's one of those things where we start to see that the devil has told us that we're not valuable when we actually have the same value because Jesus paid his life. The value of something is set by the buyer, by the purchaser. Yeah. Not, not by the crowd, not by the, the purchaser sets the value. And God <laughs> set your value when he decided to give Jesus as the payment for your eternal life. He said, you were yeah. worth the life of my son. And Jesus said, you were worth my life. I will give my life. Who will give who will give their life for this person? Jesus said, I'll give my life for that person. Yeah. He said, I'll give my life for you. That's a promise to every person. Yeah. So when we understand that, don't, didn't Jesus have the ability before he came to the earth? Didn't Jesus and doesn't God have the ability to see all the sin that we would have and all the correction that we need? Yeah. Doesn't he have the ability to see all of that? and yet he still decided to die for So in other words, he set the value regardless of what we were going to do wrong and regardless of the correction that we had. I'm going to give that to somebody. Um, but my point is he set the value of that. He set the value of yeah. that. So that value can't be unset. And I want you to write that in the comments. My value in God's eyes cannot be unset. Yeah. Our value can't be unset. 
And when we see that, then we're not devalued by correction. Yeah. It, for us to go away from correction, the Bible says that would be really unwise, stupid. That would be a dumb, dumb thing to do. Why? Because correction doesn't devalue you. Put that in the comments. Correction doesn't devalue yeah. me. Put that. Correction does not devalue me. No, correction helps you actually to become more productive, yeah. right? Your value is still the same, but your productivity goes up and down based on how you receive correction. Yeah. Yeah. Your productivity goes up or down based on how you receive correction. Yeah. So we want to find every way to not get in the way of that correction so that the value that's in us can come out multiplied into productivity. Yeah. God wants your value to be multiplied into productivity. Mm -hmm. Put that in the comments. Man, there's some good stuff coming today. Um, God wants your value, your set value, to be multiplied into productivity. Yeah. He wants your set value to be multiplied yeah. into productivity, into the biblical terms, fruitfulness, right? He wants us, he wants us to do that. Now, um, one of the things I wanted to I want to see here. Let's see. I wrote some wrote some notes. So he I wrote this. He wants our life to get better. He wants our in other words to change. In order for us to get better, don't we have to change? Yeah. Don't we have to grow? And we have a statement in the leadership training: growth without, without change is impossible. Yeah. You can put that in as well. Growth. Yeah. Without change is impossible. So yeah. in order for us to become more productive, for our life to take the value that God assigned to it, which is a huge value, and turn that into more fruitfulness and more productivity, uh, we have to yield to growth. And in order to yield to growth, we have to yield to change. In order to yield to change, we've got to see what needs changing. <laughs> and that only is found in correction. It's found in God's correction of us. So God's correction is not a condemnation. Yeah. We've talked about it all week long, is there's a big difference between condemnation and conviction. Con condemnation is a judgment. It's passing a sentence on something. That will lead us to death and lack. But conviction of the Holy Ghost will tell us what road to take. Yeah. Say, that's the wrong road. This is the right road. Conviction is a great thing. Yeah. Condemnation is what we should avoid through Christ. And actually, Jesus made the way so that we're not condemned. We're not beat down. We're not, it's not super heavy on us. No, that is condemnation. That's what he came to remove from us so that we would not be held down, but we would really take off. But in order to actually take off, we have to hear that change. Mm -hmm. We have to get to the place where what is that change, which means we have to take correction, which is why it says there in Proverbs 12, yeah. we, it, we're, we'd be not smart. We'd be stupid if we yeah. didn't take correction. Mm -hmm. All right, now, so uh, from love, he corrects, mm -hmm. and he still allows us a choice. Now, this is very interesting because God will think about this. Um, the word says very clearly that love corrects, rebukes, and exhorts. Yeah. So love will say, no, that's the wrong way. And love will rebuke. No, you did it wrong. You mm -hmm. did it wrong. This is the right way, correction. Rebuke, you did it wrong. All right, this is the right way, and you missed it. In other words, it, it, 
Love will locate you without leaving so much gray area that you miss it. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean he has to do it harsh, or rebuke doesn't have to be harsh, but it is, all right, you miss this. It's putting his finger on that issue and making it clear mm -hmm. as to what was missed. Why? Because if you say, oh, yeah, you can say all day long, oh, yeah, that's the right way, and never go that way. Yeah. <laughs> so how many of us have said, oh, yeah, I need to be in faith, but we weren't actually in faith when it came down to it. So we agree with that that's the right way, but rebuke actually says, yeah, that's the right way of faith, and you weren't in it. That's the rebuke part. See, So one is seeing which way is the right way. The rebuke is saying, and you missed it. Yeah. That's actually what love does. That's a part of love, because if you don't have the rebuke and you don't know that I actually missed it, you'll think that agreement with what's the right way is all you need to have and not change. So think about this. Uh, somebody comes up, you know, praise God. I was thinking about on the way here today. Praise God for all the testimonies we've had. I mean, we just got a testimony this morning. You know, I prayed for the lady, uh, prayed for Ashley on Sunday on her knee. She said, I woke up this morning. She said, I've had pain, pain, pain going on for so long. I woke up this morning, no pain whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There you go. So, and why didn't it happen on Sunday? I don't know. Who cares? This morning, she's healed. <laughs> yeah. You know, faith was there working. Love was working in her. Now yeah. she's healed. We we saw literally uh, cancer completely disappear yeah. in the body. Like doctors, like I I, I you know, I've got nothing. You know, <laughs> doctors yeah. confounded by this. Uh, we, we've seen the diabetes. We've seen the Parkinson's disease go away. We, we've seen the fibromyalgia. All where God's love manifests and healed. I was just thinking about how much God's done in just the last few months and the last few years. And it's just ongoing. I mean, we're seeing it all the yeah. time. We're seeing it all the time, his love. And people still think that God's mad and holding back stuff. He's not. Yeah. He's not. It's just that people don't know that he's not. So they have no expectation of his love. But think about this. Okay, you know about faith. It, should we have faith? Yes. Yes. Have, okay, You've, how long have you known that we should have faith? Um, years? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's just say you've known it for years. Have you gone up front believing God for something and thinking that you're in faith this year, in, in this year, and not gotten it? Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. So the issue was that you didn't need correction that faith was the right thing. Mm -hmm. You also needed a rebuke that said, and you missed it, right? Yeah. And when you missed it, because the we can sit there and think, okay, I know I'm supposed to have faith and think we're still doing right because we have knowledge of the right path. Yeah. But a rebuke actually kind of is where the rubber meets the road and you actually, Barry says, I appreciate you, Budrow. <laughs> Quote of the day. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> so uh, a correction shows us the right path, mm -hmm. but a rebuke says, even though you thought you were on that path, you weren't. Yeah. And you need to make a change to make sure that you get on that right path. Yeah. And then love corrects, rebukes, and exhorts, yeah. which says, and now I'm going to strengthen you to get you on that path. Yeah. yeah. So love is not just the the condemnation. Actually, it's not condemnation at all, like many people think. Yeah. Love is here's where you need to be. You weren't there, and I'm going to help you get there. 
Yeah. You know, love, this is where you need to be. This is where you haven't been. And I'm going to help you get there. Yeah. I'm going to help you get there. I'm going to strengthen you to get there. So that's what love does. And that's what true love does. But many people, because they don't know and they don't think, they don't think that uh, God is good and loves them, then all they hear out of that is how bad I am and how yeah. wrong I am. Yeah. That's all they hear out of that. And so in the process, they're not able to actually receive yeah. the love that God has for them because they don't think that that's what he's given. Yeah. They don't think that. So when we get, that, when we get a hold of that, all, this, all of a sudden, uh, we can receive God's change and growth. And what really happens is where we were sitting here and we keep hitting the ceiling and we can't grow beyond that, that correction received, that rebuke received, and that exhortation, that which means to build up or strengthen, that yeah. strengthening received, it pulls back the ceiling and now we can grow and yeah. change. Yeah. So how crazy would we be to not receive that from a loving God that actually loves us with an everlasting love that wants to heal the cancer, that wants to that wants to see our lives be blessed and prosper, beloved above all things. Yeah. I wish that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. That's a promise from God. And so when when I was looking at this, we see his love from love he corrects, but this is another thing that he does in his love. He doesn't make you follow it. He doesn't make us follow that. Yeah. Love does not force you to do things. You know, love doesn't force you to do things, just like even what we teach like on tithes and offerings and you know, an offering at the end of this broadcast if people want to give. That's not forced. It's not under compulsion. And when people start forcing that, that's when they get people outside of love because it's like if they're using force, that's like putting a gun to their head. They're not making a choice because they want to. They're, they're doing it because if I don't do this, it's going to go bad for me. Yeah. Right? So one of the things that we see is that from love, he corrects, but he still allows us a choice. Yeah. So even though it's the right way, it's going to bless us, he still lets us say, I don't want to do that or not. That's what love does. Now, mm -hmm. if we're going to give love back to him, we would say, well, if love's telling me what the right way, giving love back to you would say, I'm going to do that. That's yeah. giving love back to him. So if we want to be givers of that love, then Jesus said this, if you love me, you keep my commandments, yeah. right? All right, then you see this. Here, here's the question. Um, well, do y'all have any comments on that? And then I'm going to ask a question. Well, really just the only thing that was sticking out in that last point where uh, love gives a choice is it's our choice on how we respond to correction that determines our outcome. So it's yes. not necessarily yeah. the, the correction that determines the outcome. Yeah. The correction's there to bring me understanding so that I can fix it. Right. But whether I receive the correction or resi resist or, or despise that correction determines whether my life's going to go up or down. That's right. Um, like, because, like, even today, like, I continued reading the Proverbs. I, I've never noticed how many times it literally says the same thing over and over again um, <laughs> until reading through it this time. Because yeah. I guess before I just kind of lost over it because <laughs> yeah. I might not have wanted to, to read it or understand it. I don't know. <laughs> but like even reading today, he who listens to reproof acquires understanding. So it, but you have to receive it and you have to listen to it. Because like I, I, if I were to be 100% honest, if there were times where correction was, hey, you missed this, you did this wrong. I, like all of a sudden, like I get into my head and I don't, I'm not listening to a thing. I'm like, well, yep. if 
he knew what yeah. was going on, you know, different stuff like that. Where he wouldn't I'm not be listening telling me to, that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but I'm not what what's happening in that moment. I'm not receiving the correction. And yeah. what's happening? I'm not gaining understanding. I'm actually resisting it. Yeah. And and being stupid, essentially, because yeah. then I'm going to re redo the same things over and over again. You're basically pushing your destiny mm -hmm. and the good uh, will of God into the future indefinitely. Yeah. Uh, so you're pushing his good plans for you into the future by yeah. not listening to that. Yeah. And you're only going to get those if yeah. you'll stop and turn that around and actually start listening to correction. Yeah. Otherwise, if I'm... if God, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, yeah. uh, not for calamity, but to give you a future and a hope and, and for welfare, to fare well. Yeah. Um, and these plans are so good. God, he, he's not withholding any good thing from those who walk uprightly. Yeah. Uh, those that delight themselves in his things, he goes on to say, God delights in the prosperity of the servant of his servant. So he's not holding this stuff back. It's really us yeah. that's holding it back because he's sitting there like, I'll give you all the help, the correction, the rebuke, and the strengthening that you'll want, that you want. I'll give every bit of it to you. Yeah. How much do you want? Yeah. And this is where, you know, second Chronicles 16 says the eyes of the Lord go to and fro yeah. throughout the whole earth, looking for someone whose heart is pure towards him, that he might show himself strong on their behalf, yeah. on their yeah. behalf, on their behalf. He's just looking for somebody to bless. Yeah. That's who he is. That's who he is. And uh, But a heart that's pure towards him is one that doesn't look at him and judge God and think that he's a judgmental God. Isn't it funny how we judge him as judgmental, and yeah. yet we become guilty of the very thing that we're doing? Right, so we'll say you're judgmental to you're you're condemning toward me, and there's a, that's actually a spiritual uh, principle yeah. that when I judge somebody else, I'm guilty of that. Yeah. And so if I judge him as judgmental, it actually makes me judgmental, right? And then I walk in that until then. So I'm judging him as judgmental, and it, it's one of those things where we actually get judgmental towards him. Remember the servant of the or the parable of the talents, where he says. Uh, the first one took the money and he did yeah. something. The second one did good. The third one said, I knew you were a hard man. He judged God in his heart. And God says, out of your own heart, you're going to be judged, right? Yeah. So when we actually think that God's sitting there like a big, you know, mean, uh, you know, taskmaster ready to strike us down and zap us, we end up getting the very thing that we're judging him in. But if we look at him and go, God, he's trying to bless me. He's trying to bless us, yeah. right? He's trying to bless us. Yeah. All of a sudden, you start getting that. Yeah. You start getting that because he's made those things available. What is it called when you take, um, I, I think one term for it is like flipping, but what is it called when you take a house and you basically um, you increase the value of it yeah, by flip it. flipping? Okay, yeah. so that's one word. I don't know much about this type of thing, but... Um, I think today what I'm starting to see is how how good of a thing it is, how how beautiful of a thing correction is. Like I've always seen it as like a painful thing, but I'm starting to see how yes. really beautiful it is. It because what um, this I is a great analogy. What yeah. I believe the Lord reminded me of it, there's a there's a house that I know of that years and years ago um, I knew of this house and it was worth a lot of money. It was worth uh, several hundred thousand dollars. It was worth a lot. 
Um, but there was never any work put into it. There was never yeah. any maintenance put into it. And the value of it actually started to decrease. And in this illustration, it's a little bit different than us because, as we're saying, our value doesn't decrease depending on things. Yeah. It doesn't. But this val- th- this house, it was worth so much money, but it was not maintained. Like um, the the property, the building itself, the you know, there are things like maintaining gutters and stuff yeah. like that that was never done. And and it was actually really sad because it was in a beautiful community and and it was not doing well. And a couple years ago, I actually looked up the house. I looked at it, and someone else is now the owner, and they 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 fixed it. Yeah. They actually um, worked on the house, and now it's beautiful. Yeah. Like the whole lawn, the whole house. They they have bushes and things that just were yeah. never even thought of before. It would no absolutely zero maintenance yes. was put into the house for probably about fifteen years. Yeah. So it was very so. Now the house is beautiful, though. Yeah. And I saw that image of that house of how beautiful it is now, and how glad am I that that house was put work work was put into it. It's a wonderful thing. Now yeah. it is more fruitful. Now if that that pe- those people want to sell the house, yeah. they can get more money out of it. It's doing more. It's actually adding value to the community around it, to the houses around yeah. it. It's a beautiful thing. It's yeah. not a it's not a how in any way is that a negative thing that they have built up that house? You know? Well, and in that situation, like with somebody who's flipping houses, if they're, you know, uh, kind of pure and hard and not just like, you know, trying to hide bad things and things like that, they'll look at a house that everybody else overlooks and they'll see the beauty and the value in it. They'll see the beauty and the value yeah. in that. Can you see that? Uh, they will see what other people don't see. And it's kind of like that with God and, and correction. If we will see the beauty, the beauty in correction, then we will get that value out of it. But if we look at correction and go, God, I hate, I hate being corrected. I hate, I hate this. Then what we're going to do is we're going to run from it. We're going to turn from it. And we're literally going to close down our destiny that God wants to open up to yeah. us. He's desiring to open that up, and and we're closing it down. So, I can tell we're not really getting to our topic today of how to uh, how how to uh, how to not hinder how, yeah how to not hinder growth and how to you know not hinder that change. We'll talk about that tomorrow. It's a huge point. It's a huge huge point. But oh, Grayson just said another word: restore. Yeah. Restore the house like how God restores us to himself. Well, think about that. Doesn't every correction, think about when they're restoring the house. Every every time they restore the house, they're correcting the house. Yeah. They're correcting it. They're yeah. bringing something, a piece of it that was corrupted or rotten, and they'll replace it, fix it, and make it like new again. Mm-hmm. So when God corrects us, he's actually making us more like his loving self yeah. And this is part of the reason why people avoid correction. Uh, part of the reason why they avoid correction is because they have such a bad image of God because they've listened to all the world talk about them, the people with worldliness instead of godliness, actually. And so they think God's big and mean and like playing a game with our lives. And that's not what he's doing at all. Like that's not even close to what he's doing. But people have accepted that and they believe that. And so they think he's correcting me. Why would I want to be like him? You see, and so part of the big uh, part of the big running away from correction is 
They don't want to be like them because their view of God is so messed up. You know, I had I did the series uh, talking about reset, and one of the things I showed was I, I I got a picture of Jesus, and I had it in a frame with like the glass on the front, and then I took an erasable uh, dry erase marker, and I read like some verses taken out of context, which makes God look mean, and like an old you know curmudgeonly old guy that's just mad all the time, you know, grumpy old man in heaven playing games with our lives and everything. And so each one, like I put wrinkles here on them and I put like mean, I put it slants on his eyebrows and all that kind of stuff. And in the end, you don't even recognize Jesus. Looks like a totally different person. And But then when we actually go back to the word and we actually see who he is, what he is, that his love is so pure, like like James 1.17, every good and perfect gift comes from above. Every one of them, every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, yeah. with whom there's no variableness or shadow of turning. In other words, his love is so pure and so perfect towards us, and it'll never turn, not one degree to the left or to the right. It'll yeah. never turn away from that. Yeah. And uh, when we see that and see that picture of his love, and, and so we get, started going in and actually looking at Scripture and, and changing those thoughts, and I started erasing it, and you can see Jesus again. Mm-hmm. So how many people have this picture of Jesus, but it's not really him? How many, how many people have that picture of Jesus and it's just not really him? And, yeah. and so no wonder they don't want to receive from him. No wonder, right? So I think I just noticed I got a big old piece of hair sticking out right there. <laughs> I saw it on the, on the replay. That's awesome. I got to get a haircut. Bad. Get a correction. Correction, yeah. <laughs> I, I need a correction on this hair this afternoon. It's, it's coming, yeah. Um, so a lot of times people don't want correction because their idea of God is horrible. Yeah. It's not him. It's not him at all, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah, and they feel like they have to, like, protect themselves yes. from him. Yeah. Off. yeah, that's right. What, what would you say about people who just don't want to take responsibility, like, for their actions? You know, I know, I know. Sometimes, like when correction comes, it's like I just don't want to change that. Like Adam and Eve, you know, like they want to push it off on it's somebody else's fault. Yeah, and they don't want to take the responsibility for the correction, um, even though you know they made their own decision. Well, ultimately, they're doing exactly what that verse you read (laughs) at the beginning says not to do. They're not taking that correction. Um, They're not taking it for themselves. They're. Remember, it says, it tells us in uh, the New Testament to get the log out of our own eye before yeah. we get the speck out of somebody else's. Yeah. But then there's another verse that says, judge yourself so that you're not judged. So yeah. there's some spiritual principles in this world. Yeah. There's spiritual principles in this world. For example, whatever man sows that we also reap. To judge ourselves, if we don't honestly look at who we are and what's going on in our life, if we don't honestly look at that, then what's going to happen is we're going to continue to make the same mistakes yeah. without correction, mm-hmm. and that's going to put us at a place where there's cause and effect. Mm-hmm. So what God's trying to do is he's trying to get us to avoid the bad effect from mm-hmm. the bad causes. So he's trying to get us to make the right choices, and, and uh, the cause is proper, and so we actually end up in the blessing. That's what he's trying to do. 
Um, and, you know, and I have the analogy that the Lord gave me several years ago of, you know, uh, a son watches, um, a son watches, you know, TV shows or whatever and watches superhero shows and, get, you know, a, like a five-year-old or something and decides he can, I can fly. I'm a superhero. You know, I'm a superhero and I can fly. So he goes and gets a towel, wraps it around his neck and goes, gets up on the roof and thinking he thinking because he doesn't understand physics and the reality of this physical world, he thinks he can physically fly. And then imagine the dad coming home from work, and right before the son's about to jump off the roof, he sees the son up on the roof. Well, he immediately stops the car, yells, yells at the son. Now, he doesn't want to get into a conversation with the son because if he gets into a conversation with the son, uh, any any prolonged time without the son getting it in his head, do not do what you're about to do. That's the main point. Don't do anything. So he the the dad's not going to like try to get into a debate with him. He's just going to tell him, stop, yeah. don't move, do not move. I'll be right there, right? Yeah. And he would go in the house, get out there, and grab his son, bring him in. Is this is the dad trying to steal the son's freedom? No. No, the dad's not trying to steal the son's freedom. The dad's trying to protect him from the reality of cause and effect of gravity. Then yeah. the son doesn't know it because his mind's not matured yet, but the dad's not being mean. The dad's not trying to steal his freedom. Actually, the dad's trying to save him from a lack of freedom that could come from a fall like that that could hinder and put that son in bondage for the rest of his life yeah. if it doesn't kill him. So he's not trying to steal his freedom. He's trying to keep him free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Love is not trying to steal freedom. It's trying to yeah. keep you free because yeah. sin is a bondage yeah. and the wages of sin is death. So it's, it's one of those things. So when we see it in that perspective, it's like, oh, yeah, no wonder the Lord's telling me don't commit this sin. Don't do this thing. It, no wonder he's correcting me on this because he loves me. He's not trying to hold me back. He's trying to keep me free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a huge point. Yeah, and so a lot of times, to to your question, a lot of times we don't want to acknowledge that, and we want our flesh wants to keep doing that same thing. Our flesh wants to keep doing that thing, right? And so because it wants to keep doing that, we find excuses on why we can keep doing it. Well, God just doesn't want me to have fun. That's not it. No, that's not it at all. Mm-hmm. Well, well, it's not me, it's them. No, it, it, it might be you. Yeah. <laughs> it, it might be you. Mm-hmm. you know? yeah. um, it, we've got to be willing to look at that. Yeah. I, well, I, I've noticed that, especially like as the world is kind of progressing and the direction that it's progressing, um, it's more and more common now for, I mean, like if I were to, if we were honest and if I were to ask people in the comments, how many of you believe that you're wrong? Yeah. Like, yeah That's a great us, question. How many of us will be like, oh yeah, I'm wrong. You know, like, the the key of deception is that you don't know that you're deceived. You know, right. like, the key of being wrong is that you don't really know that you're wrong. I mean, yeah. who willingly does something because, oh, you know, I know this is wrong most of the time. Psychopaths. <laughs> that, yeah, psychopaths. Yeah. But mo- most of the time, and you've said this before, uh, most of the time people aren't just inherently evil and trying no, to do evil things. No, so a not lot of times all. they're just deceived. Yeah. They don't recognize that what they're doing is wrong. They just and, think that what they're doing is right. They've yeah. come to the conclusion they're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, there have been there have been moments whenever you've corrected or addressed something 
that I didn't recognize and that I didn't see. And so, yeah. so I had to make a decision in, in those moments of, okay, am I going to hear what you say and seek to under, I think the big thing was seeking to understand because yeah. in my flesh, I want, I didn't want to understand. I wanted to be right. Um, I wanted <laughs> in your, in your yeah, corrupted in flesh. flesh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to be right. I didn't actually want to understand. I wanted to actually not understand, which is weird. Um, in, in the flesh, the flesh, so that you can be right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've found, which is, which is pride, but mm-hmm. that's, and we've got yeah. to face that. Yeah. 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 And, and so what I've found is even for me to look up and say, God, help me to understand what he's saying. I have to push through that, that flesh and that pride that has tried to stay there Very good. so that yeah. I can say, God, help me to understand what he's saying. Because there have been times when I could recognize the battle going on in me, you know, like uh, the war that's at the war within my members, you know, I could recognize part my spirit wants to understand and wants to grow and wants yeah. to learn. The flesh wants to be right and prideful and do, honestly doesn't want to understand because if you're right, then I'm wrong. And, and it, the flesh doesn't want to acknowledge that, yeah. you know, and how many people are willing to acknowledge that, uh, you know, and that's, I have to be willing to recognize even and in all humility say like, I, I know, I know that there's areas in my life that I'm yeah. wrong. Yeah. And I have to not just, it's not that I have to be okay with that. I have to be okay with those things being exposed so that I can fix it. That's right. So that the cap is broken off. Because if I don't admit that I'm wrong, then the yeah. cap's going to always It's going to stay there, yeah. yeah. Judge yourself so that you're not judged. Yeah. In other words, if I don't judge myself, I'm already going to find myself being judged mm-hmm. by the cause and effect of this world, not mm-hmm. by God, mm-hmm. by the cause and effect of a corrupted mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. You have a great statement that I've heard you say multiple times, and you've said this, I can tell that I'm wrong on it by how I feel about what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, you know that as I'm saying that correction to you, as we've had opportunity a few yeah. times, and you could you could say, yeah. I know because what's happening is my flesh is going, ah, I don't like what he's saying, mm-hmm. and I don't, and then all of a sudden you feel like negative and angry towards the person bringing the correction, which is what people do with God all the time, who loves them, who's yeah. telling them, who's trying to help them, you know, yeah. and uh, so you start to see that. Yeah. And what you've started to recognize is when I feel like that, yeah. I need to go do the opposite of what that feeling's saying to do. Yeah. And in yeah. that, you learn to recognize that emotion of fear yeah. that I could be wrong. So you're learning to recognize <laughs> that fear of being wrong is producing emotions in me. Yeah. And so that's why I'll say many yeah. times, learn to recognize the emotion of fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah for, I know that's happened to me many times where... Um, I think not only has the correction brought fear, but because it's, you know, if there's a cap here and and what you, Pastor Nicole, have been leading me to is above that, usually my understanding of it is capped also. And it's what you guys have brought to me has been beyond my understanding. And because I've so heavily relied on my understanding in that moment when you brought something to me, it's caused fear. Fear has tried to be there because it's like, I don't understand what you're saying. Yeah. And I've often noticed in those moments the uh, the very big difference of my head on the subject and my spirit on the subject. Yes. Because uh, my head on the subject may not understand. Kind of the corrupted fleshly thoughts yes. in your head versus. Yes, versus yeah. the spirit. And and I've noticed usually I have to... Uh, Usually I have to take a step of faith. Usually it requires faith. In, That's very good. And that I don't I don't understand yeah. what you're saying. I don't have to understand. 
but I'm going to receive this by faith. Yeah. I'm going to... Because you can tell in your spirit that it's, that right. it's right. That it's right. Yeah. yeah. And because I know your character and nature. I know that, that I can trust you. <laughs> yeah. I know that yeah. I can yeah. trust you. I know the way that God has... Um, God has planted me here. God has had yeah. me submit under you and Pastor Nicole that when you bring something to me, it is not for my harm. It's for my benefit. Right. So whether I understand it or not, whether the fear comes up of, oh, no, I've done something wrong or, oh, no, I don't understand, which is often has been that one. Like I've tried to ask questions up the wazoo, like just trying to ask, ask, like I don't understand, I don't understand. And it's usually been beyond yeah. my understanding. of. I've had to by faith, break that ceiling to go through it. Well, and what you're doing is you're employing actually a, a, a standard that God sets in Colossians 3.15 that says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. So you had a lack of peace in your understanding, but in your heart, in the spirit man, you had peace. This is right. Yeah. And so you just decided, regardless of understanding it fully in your head, I'm going to follow what the Lord has written in my heart. Yeah. And I'm going to accept it on that, on, just on that alone. Yeah. One, I, I, number one thing, I have peace from God in my spirit, man, on that. Yeah. Uh, two, I have the person that God told, uh, told me to connect to who has good fruit mm -hmm. and has had good fruit for a long time. And you're watching them fulfill that good fruit. So you watch that, and now you're actually seeing uh, they're saying to do this too. So there's one witness from a pastor, right? There's another from a pastor who knows what they're doing. You know, yeah. like just because they have a title of pastor doesn't mean they know what they're talking about. True. I mean, that's just the truth. So uh, a pastor that knows what they're doing has good fruit. Then you have the peace of God in your heart. And then if you have, if you have it, you should have a scriptural backup of that as well. So now you're talking about three different testimonies of it, three different witnesses, and, that, and they're from the right sources. So you're looking at that's the kind of stuff that you follow even if your head doesn't get it and yeah. doesn't understand it. Yeah, and it, I think like you were saying, no one is, most people aren't just inherently evil. So right, it's right. usually what's brought up it can be confirmation of, especially if I bring something up, it can be confirmation of, yes, you already know this is wrong. You just need to keep walking. You need to just walk yeah. it out. That can yeah. happen. But then there are times where it's something that I've never seen before completely. Yes. And in that moment, like sometimes it's it's not even massive things. Yeah. But because it's from the Holy Spirit and because it's from, like it's usually been through you who who is... Um, it's proper submission authority, even if it's not small, I mean, even if it's not big, it's still important. Like yes. something that you brought up to me a couple months ago was I was having a hard time getting my reading done for my school. Yeah. And you mentioned that for me specifically, this is not for, this is not a blanket statement for most people, but for me specifically, I needed to read my books faster and stop, right. stop <laughs> focusing on every tiny detail you were you were like meticulously trying to dissect every sentence yes so yeah. i was putting a lot of time in and and not getting my required reading done yeah now the root of that you you weren't just dealing with in the holy spirit it wasn't just dealing with uh, a book thing or a reading thing there was Correct. a there's a root thing to it there was a root issue to it so as you started mentioning that um, we're sitting in a restaurant. We, just, we had a, a staff lunch. We're sitting there, 
And I literally started going lightheaded. I literally, <laughs> I had so much fear come up in me of, of not, not knowing that I could do that, not knowing how to change that or feeling like, feeling like that. I, I can't do, I can't just read the book fast. I need to take it slow. I need to have every piece of, I need to hear every piece of it, see every piece of it. It was a, just a book. Yeah. But as you're saying it to me, because of the Holy Spirit was putting his finger on something, yeah. a root issue. I mean, I was I had a lot of fear. I yeah. at one point like I couldn't hear you. <laughs> like I you're talking, like I cannot yeah. hear you. And like the the reason is and, and the reason for that is why would you you know, think about that, why would you have such a large reaction to just all I was really saying was slow down your reading or speed yeah. up your reading, you know, like read faster. Yeah. Like, but yet you were having a reaction. And the reason is because you had set your, the framework of your life on the source, be, not being God, but the source being, I have to understand it. Yeah. And when I started to break down that stronghold that, no, you don't have to understand it, it started breaking up who you were which now breaks up your value. But see, if you know that your value is set in God and set by Christ, if you know that value set, then nothing that you face is going to break that. If you have a revelation of what your value is, I can change lots of things in my life, and it's not going to change my value. Yeah. And so, and I, if I have, think about that situation. If your source is knowledge and trivia and understanding it all, then who is it not? It's yeah. not God. So you now you're completely limited to only what you can think and understand very quickly. You're going to wear yourself out, and you're going to be very limited. It's actually going to take you backwards. You will understand less and less. Of course, that scriptural, you know, trying to be wise, they became fools. You know, uh, thinking themselves to be wise, they became fools or foolish. So actually that path leads you down, and you had been watching that happen some, and that's why I was bringing it up. And I, you know, I didn't know that it was going to have that strong of a reaction in you. I just knew it meant it needed to be dealt with. Mm -hmm. And then we talked about it later, and we, you know, went through that process. But the issue is, you had set up the framework of your life on that. And when I started uh, speaking truth to you and correction, it really to the whole group, but you you took it for you. Uh, it started breaking apart your framework. Mm -hmm. And your body had a reaction. It started breaking apart that because you had set your you had leaned so much on understanding everything that I was removing that foundation. It started to crumble you, and that's why that's why I'll say that if you actually knew everything you needed to change and God gave it to you all at once, it would break us. Is in that in that vein of thinking. Mm -hmm. So that's why God doesn't do it. He brings up one thing at a time. Handle that, moves to the next thing. Handle that, move to the next. He brings up what we can handle, which is another part of his mercy. Yeah. So then uh, in that moment, uh, in that moment, I start recognizing that and seeing that. And we, we have a discussion over the next few days and weeks, I think. But if you don't get God back to being the source of that and living by faith, see, the issue was what you described was not faith. There's no faith in that because Faith is not needed when you see it. Yeah. You were trying to see it. So in other words, you were, you were looking, you were on a path to remove faith completely from your life. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. So you're headed to a place 
going down that path, you're by understanding everything. I've got to understand. No, it always comes back to faith. You're heading down a path where you're not an overcomer. You're you're heading down a path where life will eat you up because you can't you can't overcome and be victorious in life without faith. And so because this is the victory that overcomes the world or the lack of the world, even our faith. So you're heading down a path of that. You're heading down a path uh, where it literally will take you backwards in your yeah. thinking. You will become less smart, less wise in that. So you're not going to be an overcomer in life. You're going to be less wise if you kept going down that path. And you have to be willing to judge yourself. Yeah. Now, see, had you done that years earlier, it would have not been as bad. But you know, for things happening in your life, that was something that had become yeah. a major stronghold that didn't seem bad. Yeah. It didn't seem bad, but I just yeah. told you the end result of it is you get more unwise and you start losing completely yeah. at life. So it didn't seem bad, but yeah. it is. Well, and the, the real issue and what caused so much fear in that was actually what you were, what you through the Holy Spirit through you was saying to me, it actually to me sounded wrong. Right. And that's why I had fear come up was you're, when you were talking to me about reading faster. I'm like, okay, this is godly content, and you're telling me to read it faster. If I'm missing godly content, that's wrong. And that's what my head was saying. And I'm like, you're, you're, you're recommending something that's wrong. And it wasn't wrong, but the no. issue was I had it coming up strong in me that it was wrong, and how many times do people are people going to face something like that? Great point. And instead of letting the Holy Spirit work on us, instead of trusting um, where God has planted us and tr and having submission and authority, we're like, oh my goodness, you just recommended something to me that is wrong because I think it is not because it's in the Word. Or not because it is, but I'm but feeling that I way. I feel like this yeah. is wrong. Even it's something yeah. really small and natural, but I feel like this is wrong. So, oh my goodness, like you just crossed my conscience and yeah. I cannot listen to you right now. So, you know, it could have been something big, yeah. a big thing, but uh, that was the real issue was I felt yeah. like what you were saying was wrong to me and yeah. even though it wasn't. And it, the, is, the, the issue there was you were looking at a, like what I would call a small item and I was actually digging into the deeper item, the bigger item that you were dealing with, the bigger correction. Yeah. Um, it's not. It's not wrong to study. It's not. It's not wrong to go deep into something. The issue was you had made something your source that wasn't God. Yeah. And I was going after that, and you didn't see that connection because you didn't understand it. And so, if you're only living by what you understand, you're going to miss a lot of stuff. I can tell you that as you yield to God, and this is actually scriptural, as you yield to the truth of God, whether you understand it or not, because he's so good and he's so loving, that will actually cause you to know more than you could know otherwise. And that yeah. was another point that I was showing. There's a deeper issue than what you were. You were looking here on the surface, and I'm, I was dealing here, or if you want to say levels, you were, you were here, and my thinking that I was trying to take you to was up here. And that's just from experience and a calling of God to have an anointing as a pastor in that way. Um, that's the way that it works. Some people have a gifting and an anointing to mm -hmm. see those things and help you take your hand and help lift you up. Now, as you yielded, because in your heart you knew it was right, in your head you didn't, but in your heart you did, 
And that's why God says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Because he knew that we're going to have things we don't get and we don't understand. But think about this. God's way always goes back to faith. Yeah. It never goes to, I want you to understand this first. Faith, by definition, means I can't see it. Yeah. By definition, it means... You know, I can't see it. Faith is the substance and support of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So yeah. faith, by definition, means I can't see it. Yeah. So I'm, tr- I'm choosing, I'm making a choice to trust in this because I see that I should in the Word or you're writing it in my heart. I'm choosing to trust regardless of understanding it and seeing it. And that's what faith is. Yeah, and you can see how, like, how easy, if someone doesn't check that, you know, yeah, that, that thought yeah. process of, like, oh, well, they're wrong. Oh, it might be a small thing, but this is where you see people yeah. unplant themselves. Completely disconnect from where God has mm-hmm. them. Yeah. yeah, unplant themselves, go from church to church, because they hear one thing from that yeah. they disagree with, and they're like, they're wrong. Can I even listen to another thing that they say? No, I guess yeah. not. I have to go somewhere else. Yeah. And you yeah. see people on plant themselves. You pe- see people just all over the place. They're miserable. They're depressed. They, yeah. And but it's everyone else's fault. Well, but yeah. But the reality is, it just started with that decision to not heed a yes. correction, yeah. not not listen to to it, or even ask questions, or even seek the Lord. Lord, help me to understand this. It's just a no. They're wrong. I'm right. I don't know what I can do with this. And you can see yeah. how that. Uh, well, there, there was a proverb I read earlier today in the same vein. It says, he who hates reproof will die. <laughs> like, that's what it says. He who hates reproof will you die. You ought to come up with all the negatives and, <laughs> or the positives. Like, right? you're stupid, you'll die. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. But you think about it. Those who are planted like that's, in the That's house. Bible. If I said, if you don't listen to correction, you're stupid and you'll die. People would be like, <laughs> what a jerk pastor. Oh, my gosh. I'm never listening to him again. It was like. It's scripture. It's true. It's um, actually, I didn't say it first. Proverbs yeah. 15, 10. Um, but, but how, think about to, back to the analogy of the dad. If you jump off that house, you're die. stupid and you're di- you'll die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's ultimately what the dad's doing by correcting the son, if you mm-hmm. think about that analogy. Yeah. Yeah. But he can be like, my dad is crushing my dream. Dr- yes. <laughs> And you'll have other people that yeah. will jump in. You, they should be whatever. No, let him be. He's yeah. got his own personality, Dad. No, he's about to kill himself. Had no personality. <laughs> yeah. You know, you've got to get real with yeah. this stuff. You know, but there's think about this too. Is if we are led by our feelings and led by our thoughts and our feelings, then we're going to hear correction like that, like the situation you have. We're never going to listen to correction, and we'll literally take our path down and, and kill our destiny. So that's why the Lord says you don't be led by your, by your emotions. He says the children of God are led by the spirit. spirit of God, which is where he's writing that peace in our heart and what the Holy Spirit has already said here. So God's got a plan, actually, to help us so much if we'll just yield to it and do it his way. Um, but I, I'm very, like, should we get revelation? Yeah. yeah. Should we study to show ourselves approved? Yes. Yeah. Without question. But when I see somebody who's not willing to take a fresh look, and it doesn't mean you did it like last week or last month or five years ago. And when I see somebody that's not willing to take a fresh view of themselves, yeah. 
on am I making my knowledge my source or somebody that's so hungry to go get knowledge, and most time it's actually very subtly, uh, indirectly rooted in pride. I want to know more than my neighbor. I want to look like I know what I'm talking about. I want to come off with all of this wisdom and people, you know, revere me, you know, <laughs> things like that. It's really rooted in pride. Why are you smiling? <laughs> <laughs> just smiling. <Yeah. laughs> you know, we have this where we won't, you know, well, how do you think I, I can speak with confidence on this? Because I, I felt that way at times. Yeah. And I would say, no, I don't really want to do that. But somewhere on the inside of me, I did. You know, I did want to be that. I wanted to be revered by people for having, you know, revelation and moving in power and things like that. And I did want to do that. I had to deal with that. I had to put my flesh down. And, and, now, this is the brilliance of God. This, this is the brilliance of God. Is So if I see, I'll go to that in a second, but if I see somebody who's not willing to freshly judge themselves against you know, knowledge being their source, and like, are you really going after God? Or are you going after revelation that you can wear like a badge? What are you are you having to understand everything before you actually move into faith? I've got to know it, you know. So they're moving it, they're going after God completely logical. That's a very dangerous situation because very quickly you move to the place with where as soon as somebody disagrees with me, I just cut that relationship. And now they unplant themselves, they're outside of God's will, all that's actually a very, very dangerous path. Yeah. So when I see somebody that has to understand everything, that that has that knowledge has become their source. Well, what was the sin in the garden? Yeah. I want to know like God knows. Yeah. That was the sin. Yeah. Like it's the same trick. The devil's using the same trick today. Yeah. And people are falling for it. Christians, believers, pastors. You know, they're falling for it mm -hmm. still today. And this is one of the beauty, beautiful things about the brilliance of God is. So, question, this is a, some, some people, <laughs> Kevin said, there's that darn spotlight again on me. <laughs> um, think about this. Think about this. The word says that preaching is foolishness to men, right? The The... Preaching becomes foolishness, the foolishness of preaching. Uh, we see that the Holy Ghost, when the Holy Spirit drops, right, in Acts chapter 2, they look drunk. People think that they're drunk. So they look so foolish that the onlookers think that they're drunk. Now, what's inter interesting in that moment is this is like a fresh move from heaven. The devil hasn't even had time to talk bad about it. But even in this very fresh movement of God, you've got some people that accepted Christ right there and was good, but you had other people that were mocking them. So it was like, you know, I, I don't know what the percentages were, but like you had definitely had two sides, you know, one mocked and one was motivated by it towards the Lord. Okay. What is this? I got to get more of this. They didn't understand it, but they said, you had two groups. I don't understand what's going on. One says, that's crazy because I don't understand it. The other one said, I don't understand it, but I feel the conviction of God in my heart, so I choose Jesus. Yeah. Right? So you had two different groups right there. Which one do we want to be in? The one that, and watch this, if, if, if I don't mock 
the foolishness, then that means I accept the foolishness and I'm willing to look foolish. I'm willing to look foolish. Mm -hmm. So now think about this. In the process, in the process of receiving correction from God and making sure that I put down like the pride aspect so that I didn't just want to be known and revered as somebody who's smart and has revelation or whatever, or the, carrying the power of God, there was, a, there was a point in ministry and in my life where uh, I'm sitting there and I say, if I do this and I go all out, it's likely to be recorded and it may go around the world, me looking like an idiot to the world. Yeah. Because when the Holy Spirit moves in, it, it has a weird effect on a corrupt body. When all a holy God touches an unholy body, right, yeah. it has a weird effect. People fall out. They'll laugh. They'll do everything. I was like, if I yield to you and your love, it's likely that I'll be made fun of. And then, and this is when the Lord said, do you want a reputation or do you want me? Do you want, a, do you want your reputation or do you want me? Now, the, the, the end of that is if I, if I want my reputation, I'm going to end up losing it anyway. I'm going to end up losing my reputation. If I don't lose it on the earth, what about in eternity, right? I'm going to stand before God and he's going to say, why didn't you choose me? Why did you choose your personal worldly reputation to uphold? Why didn't you choose that? And so I'm going to lose it one way or the other. So I might as, I'm already going to lose it either in this life or in eternity. I might as well just choose God. And it's much easier and it's much more fun. It's a lot more fun. So I just decided, you know what? I don't care what people think about me. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden in that choice and God's brilliance of choosing God, where I have the potential to look foolish in front of other people, I actually moved to the place where I didn't care about the knowledge and being revered by people anymore. Yeah. And that's the brilliance of God. So he like sets up these little offerings, you know, these, these offering moments, these altar mom moments where we can take our reputation and say, you know what, I just don't care about this thing anymore and set it on the altar. Yeah. And all of a sudden we're free from that stuff and we can actually flow with God instead of being bound by trying to look professional in front of everybody. You know, and trying to be like, who cares? Who cares? You know, you may see me talking like this, you know, but you may look in on some service where the Holy Ghost is moved. I may be rolling around on the floor laughing, like, and look like an idiot to the world. And I don't care because I want more the presence of God that melts away cancer yeah. than I want a reputation. Yeah. I want more to help people get out of their bondage. Yeah. Then I care about my reputation. I want more. I want more for Parkinson's to fall off of somebody and diabetes to be completely healed, and the doctors don't know what to think, and the guy's off of all medication. Then I care about looking right in the world's eyes. I don't care about that. I want God and His presence, and I can't put my reputation. I can't put my understanding. I've got to understand it all above God as my source. Yeah. I've got to rely on him, which means I've got to yield to that correction in yeah. that way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> do you, I, look, I like that, the like the touchdown dance. Yeah, I did a touchdown dance on Sunday. You know, everybody laughed. Marky laughed at me. She laughed at me and covered her face. She was embarrassed for me. <laughs> Secondhand embarrassment. Secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> so funny. It was funny. I enjoyed it.
Did you like it? Yeah. <laughs> I specifically told Abby, you need to go back and watch that because she was serving. <laughs> but the point got across, you yeah. know. It I, did. I didn't care what it looked like. Mm -hmm. I wanted, you know, I wanted the Holy Spirit's point to get across, and mm -hmm. he showed me what to do, so I did it. You know, he'll tell you to do some funny things, say some funny things. He'll, he'll tell you to say some things that are really funny, some things that are very serious, some things that are shocking. It's not, it's not a boring ride. <laughs> and uh, it is not a boring ride. You know, someday you'll be sitting at you know lunch talking to people. Everything's going good, and then all of a sudden, Marky had a meltdown. You know, it's like, what is happening over in the corner of the bench there? Like, ooh, you know, that was an interesting day. It's true. It's true. I've also had someone come to the church that um, on a day where the power of God was really touching me, and um, they named me the crazy girl. The crazy girl. <laughs> And it's a great um, reputation. they haven't been back since <laughs> after viewing that of me, but um, they're talking to me and I, I think they're, they're, they're getting okay and they're getting used to it. But um, yeah, it, here's the thing about the power of God and the foolishness of preaching. It makes people make a choice instead of leaving them comfortable where they need correction. Yeah. Right. The yeah. power of God and the foolishness. It brings people to a decision point. And God knows what he's doing. God is so smart. He's so brilliant. He knows what he's doing. And our job is not to be comfortable. Uh, our job is not to be comfortable in our mistakes, but to receive the correction uh, and move, have the ceiling broken off of our destiny and off of our life. And uh, if we'll just yield to the Lord, even if it looks foolish to our head or our feelings, or we don't understand it all. If we'll just yield to the Lord, there's so much out there in God and the power of God. See, I, I just, I couldn't be a pastor and keep having people come up for prayer and I had nothing to offer them. And I just, I just defined, you know, probably over 90% of our church in America. Like, they don't even pray for stuff anymore. Like, why, you know, you're not even praying. Because if they pray, it's like this little, like, you know, a worthless prayer because they're not expecting anything to happen. We have stuff happen all the time, all the time. I mean, all the time, just this morning. You know, just people get healed, delivered, set free. They're fine. Last, last year, you know, even looking at our confessions, last year, it's our year of increase. It's our year of increase. We had over a million dollars of extra money come into the lives, not of the church, of the, of the people, of the partners. Yeah. Over a million dollars. Like, that's the kind of stuff. That's a reality in people's lives that changes their lives. Yeah. That's what we need. We need a reality of the fruit of God, of yeah. the power of God, of the love of God. And if that costs me my reputation and it costs me correction, I'm willing to pay that because I want to be able to help. Yeah. And not. I don't want to, you know, well, how come when you prayed nothing happened? Yeah. Amen. Joni said, prayers without expectation are worthless. Let's get real with this thing. If God is really as big as we say that he is, then where's his power? Well, we're seeing it, but I want more people to see it. I want yeah. more places to see that. Yeah. I, want to be, I want us to be the example that we should be, the fire that catches other people on fire to be that. Yeah. But we've got to be willing to change and grow, which yeah. means we've got to be willing to be corrected. Yeah. You know, and the Lord's correcting me on some things right now. He's showing me some things to do, some things to correct, some things to cut out. It's not necessarily bad. It's just you can't do everything, 
right? Yeah. And uh, so we take that correction. Holy cow, it's 135. Yep. <laughs> wow. Y'all talked a lot. <laughs> it's Buddy's fault. It's Buddy's fault. Dang yeah. it, Buddy. I'll receive that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll grow from it. I'm not going to cap myself. <laughs> she said, Johnny said, honestly, it hurt my hurt to my flesh to even write that out. Ouch. <laughs> it's good. That's good. That's a correction. So, Holy Spirit. Well, listen, let us, Father, right now, we just thank you for your correction. Thank you. And we yield to your correction. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We praise you. We worship you. And we receive that correction with gladness, knowing that you're not going to leave us alone just with a correction and a rebuke, but you go on to strengthen us in your love to take us forward. We receive your love in the correction. We receive your love in the rebuke. We receive your love in the exhort, exhortation and the building up. We receive that, and, Lord, we're going forward. Yeah. Remove these sealants from our lives. We yield ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Listen, you know, every day we sow this broadcast into the world. It's free. You don't have to pay anything for it whatsoever. Uh, but there are some people that are watching that get a hold of it and they say, I want to support what you're doing. I want to help. And they want to sow into the ministry of Lunch Plus and, and uh, Boomerang Church and What's Right.com. And uh, if that's you, you can go to giveww.org. You don't have to, but if you'd like to do that by love, you can. Uh, you can give by Cash App, PayPal, Venmo, text to give, cryptocurrency, uh, give one time or give on a regular basis. Whatever you want to do, we've made it easy for you there. And uh, one of the things uh, that I would say is uh, not only, of course, people should and do give finances, but not just that. They should give likes and comments mm -hmm. and shares and, and uh, hit the notification. But all of that is a part of partnership as well. If you're watching ever in a broadcast and uh, I tell you know, people to comment or you have a great comment, yeah. drop it in there. The more that does, it actually helps us get the good news of Christ out to the world. Yeah. And so you partner with us in that way. Of course, you can also partner with us in prayers. Pray for what we're doing. Pray for revelation. Yeah. Help spread that word. Uh, if you do want to give financially, our job is to take finances, put them towards building the kingdom, and pray and bless anybody who's sowing those things. And so today we just pray and bless that. Anybody who's giving today, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, let your blessing be on every person that's sowing today. Let your grace, there's so many <coughs> examples of it in the Word, let your grace be multiplied in their life as they partner with the ministry. Your word teaches us that the grace, the favor, and the love of God, the supernatural power that's on the ministry to get ministry done comes on their life as they sow. They become partakers or partners with that grace, and that grace works in their life. So, Lord, right now, bring about supernatural favor and grace in Jesus' name. Bless them. Bless every person that's watching and, and especially people that are partnering with us in that way, bless them from that legal stance that they have a right to pull that grace by faith in their lives. Let that happen in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, we just love you. We praise God for you. Did you get something out of it today? Yeah. And tomorrow we'll actually talk more about our topic, which was 
how to not get in the way of growth. We talked about a little bit of that today, but tomorrow we're going to talk about that uh, in a little bit different angle, and you're going to see why it's so important, not just for you, but for the people around you. And uh, so we just praise God for you. I don't know who's wrapping it up. You guys? We are. We'll wrap it up. Yeah, we'll wrap it up. See y'all tomorrow. (laughs) One thing uh, also that I just remembered, whoo, we just came out of a box. That was was super cool. Good job, Abby. Um, One thing that I was reminded of, too, that people can do is to play the video. So it's not the likes, the shares, uh, subscribing, all that. But if you actually have the ability to, to help us grow our reach on YouTube, is if you actually let the video play on your device, even when you're not watching it. So if you have a device where you're able to uh, click on click our video, even if you have like uh, like um, YouTube subscript, uh, what is it where you pay for it? You can actually close premium. the phone. Premium. If you have YouTube Premium, especially you can play videos and just literally lock, put on the lock screen, like close your phone, and it'll just play. And those views also tell YouTube to promote the video, which is awesome, which really helps us. Uh, we had someone that um, that gave us that recommendation that it's helped them a lot. But anyway, want to let you know that this weekend we have some awesome events for you. This weekend, Saturday, Saturday from one to three is our Easter egg hunt, and it's going to be so awesome. We're having, of course, the egg hunt. We're having games. We're having a cotton candy machine, which I personally will be helping oversee. Me with Hannah Sittler. And uh, we're having a, we're gonna have popcorn, a popcorn machine, and uh, third, oh, what is it like, thirteen thousand mm-hmm. eggs? Yep. So many eggs! It's gonna be so cool. And then this Sunday, not next Sunday, not the Sunday after that. This Sunday is Resurrection Day. It is Yay. Easter Sunday. I'm excited. <laughs> You're excited. Okay, Buddy is talking very close into his mic. He's very excited. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. We're also going to be having a family photo booth. Whoa. is We're being all kinds of sorts of fancy. Yeah, we're going to have a uh, photo booth so you can come bring your family, bring your friends, and get some uh, pictures with them. So it's going to be really yeah, good. It's going to be awesome. It is, yeah. And then tomorrow we will be back with you. Tomorrow is a What's Right Kitchen Day. And uh, what's the other thing we do on Thursdays? Uh, what's the price? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What's the price? Yeah, we're going to have what's the price tomorrow. And, of course, like Pastor said, uh, the word is tomorrow is going to be really good. So mm-hmm. we will see you then. We love you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for everything you do. Bye, guys. Bye.